have a bully inside your head telling you that you're not good enough? Do you lean towards self-defeat? Do you have trouble believing in yourself? And are you dying to learn how to become the perfect version of you? A you that you dream about? If you answered yes, then you're like me, and this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Journey to Worthy podcast, where we discuss self-esteem, worthiness, and transformation through a gay lens. I'm your host, Jeremy Long, and I want to share my journey with you. Welcome to the Journey to Worthy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Journey to Worthy podcast. This is Jeremy, and I'm here to talk to you again this week about dating. I'm just going to put this out there. Um, I thought I'd bring up another episode about dating because, as many of you know, this podcast came to life after I found myself unhappy in a relationship googling answers to life and feeling like I had no one to go to I decided that there should be um, more gay people to look up to and to get inspiration from but I couldn't find any that I felt like I related to so I decided to try and become what I needed by sharing my experience with the community so I hope that that is what you're getting out of the podcast I've also over the few months uh, that it's been going had some a few friends post or share things with me that made me really think and had me reflecting on dating and on life in general so one of the things is the difficulty in finding someone to date. And I had a friend, um, he said, it was Hod that was on one of the recent podcasts. He said that the best relationships are when you both think that the other is out of your league. I had another friend recently say that he had some issues with, you know, finding the right guy or going on all these dates and making plans with people and then having people bail. Uh, there's this perceived uh, expectation that, you know, it's hard to find reliable people to date online and that there's all this flakiness that goes on, you know, or there's, there's difficulties because maybe there's something wrong with me. Like, what am I doing wrong? I hear a lot of people say, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I find the right person? You know, comparing themselves to others, which is really problematic. I have another friend that's traveling the world right now and she actually had to get out of something where she had to learn to face herself and realize that she'd been relying on attention and validation from the men that she was dating for years and needed to spend some time with herself. And that really made me question my own life, you know, and looking back at my my romance that I had in Australia and why I was in that relationship last summer where I felt unsatisfied and unhappy but had such a tough time leaving. So for me... You know, I had to ask, like, who am I? Like, what am I What am I doing wrong here? The common denominator is me. So what, am, what do I need to change in my behavior? Do I settle? And the answer is yes. Do I really know my worth? I also watched that movie that some of you may have seen, Call Me By Your Name. And so looking at my past and my relationships, I can't help but think that sometimes I'm the one who still feels like Elio lost, you know, like desperate to feel wanted and cherished and devastated for it not being my turn not being able to be Oliver and just letting go you know and waiting for the right time the right place and the right man to come along I have a feeling that some of you can relate I also have a good friend Marcus who sent me a video after my time abroad where I was talking all about this amazing romance that I was experiencing and he sent me this um, YouTube video and it's a love and dating coach his name is Matthew Hussey and it's titled, Four Dangerous Reasons You Fall in Love Too Fast. So basically the video says that, you know, have you ever met someone and felt like you saw your future with them and you plan the next few dates out in your head? And for me, like, I, I do. I get really excited. You know, I meet someone and they're great. I really want to see them. Like, I have to see them. 
And based on, you know, just a couple simple interactions, I've basically now planned or imagined like what the future for us is going to look like. And suddenly my head is so far ahead of what is, what is actually happening that I end up coming on too strong. You know, I need to make it happen because I'm afraid of losing them or the chance with them. But after watching this video, I actually really realized that this is, you know, kind of an issue for me. It's a bit of a pattern. So why do I take what I had with them as a reason to believe that they are the one? You know, after just a few great, yeah, maybe they were fantastic experiences, but why do I believe that that's evidence that I need to be with this person forever? You know, what am I supposed to know? How am I supposed to know that I can expect a future with that person? And the answer is, I really can't. And so Matthew Hussey, the coach, he explains in the video, maybe we are lonely and that's why we're believing that this has to be the one. Maybe we just want to fall in love or maybe we already have a lack of meaning in our lives and this new romance gives us somewhat of a purpose. So again, you can see the dangerous reasons why we fall in love too fast. And sometimes we also only see what we want to see because of this need or desire that we have. But the true sign is that the relationship will naturally grow, that you don't have to force or plan the future seriously. You need to ask yourself, is that person continually investing in you? Is the, is the investment mutual back and forth? Like, are you both putting an effort to make dates and no one's chasing anyone after the initial, you know, exciting thing? Matthew also says, you know, is, if he's not investing, that other person's not investing in trying to meet up with you or making this, you know, happen, walk away. You know, just walk away. How can you value yourself more? And this, honestly, is one of the things that I struggle with. This is where my patterns really creep up. I can sometimes lie to myself that there's more there than there really is. I also think sometimes that if I ask for what I want and I need with someone that I'm dating, that they'll just go along with it and they will give me that thing. But sometimes they're actually not capable of it. And they don't actually want to change, but they might say they do. And this is where that self-reflection really comes in. Like, it's time for me to look at what's going on, who I'm dating, who I'm hanging out with, and really assess the situation. I have another good friend, Jason, that tells me that I need to stop dating dogs and trying to make them meow. And this is pretty clear. You know, this is an example of if someone shows you who they are, you need to believe them. And I don't always do that either. So my new motto is, don't try to make something happen that doesn't need to happen. You can have wonderful experiences with someone. And if you want more and express it, you know, and you come together with someone, that's great. But if you don't get what you want or, you know, you have a couple great dates and then someone ghosts you and they disappear or they just don't really respond as much. Stop, stop, stop. Please stop letting this crush your dreams and leaving you broken as I have really felt in the past. Have a serious look at who you are, who that person is. Do their values align with yours? I heard in a Man Talks episode, this awesome podcast I listened to, um, where he talks about Connor Beaton, the host of the show, says, don't make choices that are not aligned with your values. And this really applies to dating as well. I can like look at some of the guys that I was crushing on so hard who may have felt like made me feel pretty amazing. 
but left me feeling quite lost when things didn't go as I had planned. But now I look back and I think, oh my gosh, like they made no sense for me for what I want in my life. For example, I want someone who's active and who will challenge me, you know, who's not going to co-sign my behaviors of, you know, sitting around and snacking and not getting up and going to that yoga class or going for that run. I need someone that's, you know, going to keep me on my fitness goals and maybe share some of those goals with me. Also, someone who doesn't, you know, care about the positive efforts I make in my life. I focus a lot on self-development and I put time and energy into it. I also have a lot of, you know, volunteer roles or my love for recovery and helping other people get sober. And I tend to have dated a few guys who seem completely uninterested in those things or uninterested in supporting me in my endeavors, you know, when they're actually the biggest and most important things in my life. So I need someone that's going to at least, you know, show me that they really see how important it is to me. They don't have to be on the same exact path, but I need someone that's going to appreciate, you know, what's important to me. And I want to do the same for them. And so this led me to my date myself challenge. So I did talk about this in a previous episode, but I just knew in my heart that if you're like me, you know, and you get distracted by attention that uh, this is what I had to do. I had to take some time for myself to try dating myself for a few months and to be completely off the market. I was listening to another podcast called Courageous Self-Confidence and the host talked about uh, a few key concepts like asking yourself, do you like yourself when you're by yourself? That's a serious question that I had not asked myself before. And if you don't like yourself when you're by yourself, how can someone else love you? because you're going to be pulling on them to make you happy. So what do I want in a relationship? What do I have to do to want to hang out with me? And then I need to go and do it. And so that's what I did. I spent three months in between Christmas and the end of March hanging out with myself. And it was great. You know, I took a lot of initiatives in just making space for me and my friends. I was actually really there and present for my friendships. I was completely productive. I built this website. I built this podcast. You know, I started collecting all the content that I wanted to deliver to all of you uh, on this podcast, which has been fantastic. I took a billion webinars on how to, you know, brand yourself and build a business. And it was really, really awesome. So this is where it gets a little bit more tense and uh, maybe graphic, I guess. I also took a break, not from only sex and dating, but I also took a break from masturbation. So if you can believe it, I uh, made it 17 days without self-pleasure. We'll just call it that uh, for the sake of the awkward word. But I really wanted to, I'd read all these, I was Googling everything on how to, you know, take a break from sex and dating and date yourself. And then somehow these um, break from self-pleasure snuck into my Google searches. <laughs> and uh, so I decided to um, take a break. I, my goal was to have 30 days of uh, no masturbation and didn't make it 30 days, but that's okay. Uh, I actually kept a log of what, what happened as well because uh, I was re really curious about sort of how much effect that really had on me and my life and my, you know, my behaviors. And I was also in this place of wanting to seek like how to attract a worthy mate i also wanted to become a worthy mate and that meant you know changing some of my my behaviors like 
you know, masturbation and watching porn and changing everything about myself, basically taking a, a good inventory about like what I do in my life and how that's going to affect me meeting someone in the future. And so um, looking back at the log that I took while I was experiencing this, um, the first couple of days were really strange, especially if you're kind of a daily habit kind of guy like myself. And so um, I definitely shifted my focus quite a bit. Like I was constantly, it was coming up in my mind like, oh, that'd be fun right now. But I kind of looked at it like quitting sugar. Like you just kind of have to tell yourself like, oh, I'm not, I'm just not doing that right now. <laughs> and uh, so that's the way I kind of operated for the first couple of days. And it was very distracting. But then after those first two or three days, I got really, really focused on what I was trying to accomplish. And that was working on the website, um, you know, working on, on just on my podcast content. And I did get distracted when I was in places like the gym and people wearing sweatpants, which are very uh, aesthetically pleasing. But um, I just really made a focus for myself to uh, take a step back and see how things affect me. I also had some people that I had previously chatted with, uh, whether it was on online dating apps or whatnot, that I had, you know, stopped using during that break. And I realized that, like, I still was I liking the idea of setting something up for after my break was over. And so that's something I also had to step back from as well. Um, and realizing that literally was focusing on myself, not making plans for who I was going to meet up with or whatever on, you know, at the end of my break from masturbation or from sex and dating. I really needed to focus on myself. Knowing that, especially that I have this pattern of, you know, going where attention is. Um, by day 10, this got a little bit crazier. So this is when I started feeling like, you know, things were getting... Uh, a little bit harder because I really was breaking a habit and changing a habit. Um, but I wasn't so much worried about breaking the habit of watching pornography. Like that was something that actually did come easy once I had just stopped. And it felt nice that I wasn't always, you know, watching it and uh, just feeling like I was relying on that to either. It wasn't even just so much about pleasing myself, but maybe even an escape. And I think that sometimes people end up watching porn uh, repetitively or out of habit and for an escape as opposed to just for uh, pleasure. Um, it did get a little bit weird past day 14. I started just not thinking clearly, to be honest. I felt like I was being way too flirty with some of my friends uh, and some other new people in my life that was almost bordering on inappropriate. So I definitely feel like I can see like that the term sexual need is really something like you end up having to really take care of yourself. And so by day 17, I had to call it quits. I was getting a little bit crazy. And honestly, I made um, that decision knowing that it was a good choice not to try to make it all the way to 30 days. And so what I learned from it was, you know, I learned a lot from the whole break from everything that it's really good to take a break, to be off the market from sex and from dating. Um, you know, that I was able to be super productive, that I was really present for my friends. I also want to discuss how it was a good idea for me to take a break from the apps as well, from dating apps or hookup apps. Some of you have heard the episode on research that I conducted last year, measuring negative experiences on online dating apps and some of the experiences that people go through. A friend, Michael, recently shared an article with me 
published last week, actually, written by a gentleman by the name of Jack Turbin, a gay psychiatrist and writer at Harvard Medical School. And he conducted a research on gay dating apps as well, but in Boston. He discusses how he is all for sexual liberation, and so am I, but he's concerned that we aren't paying attention to the effect of apps on gay men's relationships and mental health. He discusses how instant and anonymous sex can be when using apps and how orgasm can actually cause activation of pleasure areas in the brain, which at the same time deactivate some areas involved with self-control. He says how these patterns in men actually can be strikingly similar to what researchers see in the brain of individuals using drugs like heroin or cocaine, which is crazy. So though it can be a normal pleasure response, it could also be a setup for addiction depending on the situation or the individual. But because of the nature of hookups, orgasm sometimes comes at unpredictable intervals from using apps. You know, it could be 20 minutes or 20 hours later that you're ending up meeting somebody. So this can lead to addiction due to the desire to spend hours online each day. And he provides some other sources that you might want to take a look at. So outside of sex, people also use the app to stop feeling bad. He talks about how the attention and potential for sex sometimes distract from painful emotions. You know, people are going to the apps as a bit of an escape. Messages are, of affirmation are appealing for those who grew up feeling rejection. And I can totally relate to that, like getting that message, that bing, and, you know, a little bit of validation there. He discusses how meeting guys in bars and online doesn't always lead to relationships due to its hypersexualized focus, which is all great if that's what you're looking for, but can be pretty intimidating to some people, leading some to having sex first and trying to make a relationship happen after. And that's something else I've definitely done as well. You know, you end up having sex with someone hot and you're like, oh, maybe I should try to make a boyfriend out of this person. And for myself, while I have enjoyed casual hookups in the past, and I've met some really hot men online. Sometimes I can get distracted with sex because, yeah, I love having sex, but sometimes I get too caught up in it and distracted, especially if I'm online, which is again why I decided to take a break from apps during my three months sabbatical. It was important for me to evaluate what I wanted and to take time to validate myself, you know, without feeding off the messages online and compliments, you know, feeding for that attention basically. Sometimes when I'm on apps, I tend to get carried away talking about sex, too, because, yeah, there's hot guys right in front of me, and who doesn't like swapping pictures? You know, even when my goal is dates, I can be led astray, leaving me thinking, well, yeah, I want sex. Like, who doesn't? And if that's what this person wants to talk about, then I just kind of go with it. Another article that was shared with me this week was actually published in GQ magazine, and it discussed how not every gay guy is DTF. And for those of you who haven't seen Jersey Shore, uh, DTF stands for people that are down to fuck, meaning they're willing to have sex or they're interested in having sex right away. So the article touches on how apps actually may be perpetuating gay stereotypes a little bit. You know, that there's expectations tied to gay identity surrounding sex, which put pressure on gay men. Uh, the notion that we're all thirsty bitches eager for that next hottest moment also comes up, you know, which can be super fun if you want to go out and be, you know, engage in casual sex. I'm all for that sex positive life, but it has to be defined by you. You know, and what do you really want? Uh, the article states that maybe apps make sexuality very in your face, you know, even enforcing prescribed like sexual binaries like top and bottom. So my question to you is, what do you really want? Like, what are your thoughts on the use of it, these apps? 
for me, I do. I love using the apps and do engage in hookups from time to time. But also, I can be distracted by sex and flirtation. You know, when what what I'm really after sometimes is dating or something more long term. So I'd love to hear your experiences. Um, some of you might be interested in a new app that I've also been following. It's called Muscle, M-U-S-L. So it's made its debut in California, and it is growing fast. So the app actually allows you to have three different profiles available. So your options are friend, flirt, or fun. And each profile exists in a universe of like-minded guys, and it places you in like this aggregated category. So if you're just looking for a friend, and it'll put you in that, you know, in that area where only people looking for friends that you're able to chat with. So it's definitely something cool, you know, a cool way to shift away from that sex focus from time to time. So I'm looking forward to checking it out when I travel this year. And wrapping up, I've covered some interesting stuff on sex, you know, stereotypes and the use of apps, assessing your behavior, and maybe taking a break to step back and reevaluate what you want in your life or to break patterns. I learned that keeping, you know, that sexual need in check actually does make me in more control in my life uh, as so that I don't make decisions that will affect friendships uh, inappropriately. When it comes to dating, it's important to take an inventory of yourself every once in a while. You know, who do you date? Do you settle? Do you know your worth, your real worth? And are you with people who align with your values? You know, often people don't want to answer these questions. It's too hard. But Tim Ferriss says, he's a great podcaster and author, he says that your happiness and success is measured on how many uncomfortable conversations you're willing to have. And in this case, it's, you know, often not just conversations with other people, but the conversations you're willing to have with yourself. And the thing is that this is something that's really important to me. Is like I'm willing to look at the stuff that I don't like about myself, to take that real inventory and face the problems, face the things that I would like to change or challenge in my life. So I hope that you're willing to do the same thing here. Don't quote me on needing to go out and you know take crazy breaks, but sometimes just standing up and saying like, okay, I'm going to step back from all this stuff that I'm doing, all these things, all these behaviors that I'm engaging in, to just see what else there is and to ask myself some questions, like maybe spend some time getting to know you. I took myself out on dates. I went and ate dinner by myself. You know, I started spending more time doing yoga, spending time that I wanted to spend on something productive, like on the podcast. So I want to thank you for joining me in this special episode on my dating life. And I'd like to ask you to question yourself more. Who am I? What do I want in my life? What kind of person would be good for me? Because honestly, we in the geek community, we had to grow up with discrimination or, you know, just feeling not normal, feeling different. That for some of us, this caused some serious core beliefs to grow. And we need to rewrite the stories in our minds, in our hearts, that we are worthy of love and, you know, healthy relationships. And that has to start with self-love because you got to know who you are. You got to know what makes you feel good. What do you want in your life? Self-love might be the beginning of finding that perfect love. So ask more questions. And I'm going to leave you with a few links that I found interesting on the post for this episode, uh, especially a psychotherapist that I really like now that I've discovered him. His name is Matthew Dempsey, and he talks all about gay dating and love 
And you're definitely going to find some inspiration in his posts. He's also super cute. So whether you're looking for a hot hookup, you know, enjoying the use of apps, or maybe you're reevaluating what you want and are considering taking a break from sex and dating, I hope that you are true to yourself. Spend some time asking, what do I want? And hold out for it. Because no matter who you are, where you come from, or what you've been told, what you believe about yourself, you deserve a happy, healthy sex and dating life. You are amazing. And I want you to know that. And I want to thank you for sharing this journey with me, you know, exploring sex and dating and having these discussions with open dialogue. I'm so grateful for all the people that have been reaching out to me over the last few weeks. It's been very exciting. Uh, Again, I'd love to hear from any of you that this impacts. I'd love to hear your feedback or things that you'd like to hear in the future episodes. So please send me a private message on Instagram. You can catch me at journey number two, Jeremy. That's at journey to Jeremy. And I respond to all of my Instagram messages. Uh, also, you can check out the website, journey2worthy.com, journey2worthy.com. And you can leave a, a note there as well. And finally, please go to iTunes, leave a rating and a review to let the world know that you're enjoying the podcast so that we can keep growing this uh, dialogue and keep everything moving. And coming up in the next couple of weeks, I've got some really good interviews with some people in social work, fitness, uh, the medicine industry, discussing how to be the best you and all topics impacting the queer community. So thanks for another week of awesome discussions and looking forward to talking to you soon, sending you positive vibes. Mm-hmm.